Hey, party people. Thank you for downloading our podcast, This American Horror Story. This is our review for the 12th episode of American Horror Story Freak Show. This is a fun one, so let's just jump on in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host... Chris Husted. What's up, Tyler? What's up, TJ? My friend, we are two episodes... Well, now we're only one episode now that we watch this one, but we are close to the end. We are. This is season... It's My so sad. God. I know. Can you believe that we're this far into American Horror Story? And I mean... We've been doing this for three years. I know. We we did not do the first year, but we've done every year since then. And man, is it a, it's been a blast, uh, uh, frankly. I mean, whether or not I've loved an episode, I have to say, it's always been fun talking about it and analyzing it and getting everyone else's opinion from online. I mean... Agreed. I love this show so much. <laughs> it's... It's it, every... It's... It's it's enjoyable no matter what. I yep. just have to say. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it and so much to talk about before we kind of prepare ourselves for the final episode. Um, this episode, of course, is called Showstoppers. Um, before we begin, as we always do, we encourage everybody, especially before the season finale, get your last comments in. Email Please. us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. Comment on This American Horror Story podcast um, on Facebook or, you know, check us out on iTunes. And we read everything. And Stitcher, we do. And um, I, you know, I, we try to respond to everything, too, and, and kind of foster True. that conversation. Um, before we really get into things, are, what are you drinking this evening? Do you have a cocktail? Of course I do. I'm drinking uh, some not classy bourbon tonight, but bourbon nonetheless. Evan Williams on the rocks. What are you drinking, my friend? (laughs) I just want to laugh and point out to everybody that last week you were on some kind of like not going to drink during the week kick. That was so (laughs) short lived. (laughs) I I went out with some coworkers tonight, so I'm, yeah, a little two sheets to the wind, not three. What are well, you my friend, it is an American Horror Story night, so really, I mean, can't you you can't deny yourself. I too am drinking bourbon, probably maybe a little more classy than yours, but I'm also living probably. in bourbon country. Uh, mine is from a distillery up in Columbus, Ohio, but it is good stuff, and I am drinking it. Uh, neat, neat, yes. And cheers, so, dude. Cheers to that, and cheers mm. to showstoppers. So much to talk about. Yeah. Um. But I mean, at that point, I let's let's just go ahead and dive right into it. Wait, and so tell people where we Facebook shit. Oh, I did that already. Did you really? Did I miss that? Oh my god! Again, I'm, I'm sorry. This is my problem after going out for happy hour. Facebook.com slash Just American Horror Story podcast. Check us out. We love to chat with you, and we love to chat, and we love sorry. to share ideas. Here in the podcast. Now, as you'll remember last week, we were a little more focused on analysis and theories, less focused on kind of a play-by-play, and we've gotten good feedback on that. So we want to kind of do the same kind of similar thing, and I think that's going to kind of be more of um, our gig from now on. Yeah. 
It, and frankly, it didn't end up making our show any shorter than we had expected. I know. We, I know. we ended up talking just as much as we thought. So yeah. we might as well dive right into it to begin with. Uh, let's talk about this beginning here. Um, this, this episode is called Showstoppers. We should keep in mind the whole time, this is the second to last episode. There, so there are a lot of threads that need to be tied up before everything is ended here. Right. I mean, when you think penultimate episode, you usually think, all right, let's get everything into place for the big climax, right? Right, so we end with a going away party for Elsa, but it's a fake going away party. Essentially right. what it is, is, it's just a trap to fuck over Stanley. Um, which, let's be honest, he's had this coming for some time. Now, they really set this up for what it's supposed to be. Because um, Elsa says that she's going to show one of her movies later. Um, and we know that Elsa has an affinity for movies. We remember back when she was playing that uh Real of Penny having an orgy with the freaks earlier right. in the season. Um, but she's going to be playing the movie Freaks. Now, everyone will remember, this is a show we referenced early on Boom. in the podcast. It, um, it was brought to our attention by a listener. Um, it's from 1932. It's a, it's a real movie, and it was produced by and directed by Todd Browning. That's Todd with one D. And um, <laughs> Wait. Can, just, Todd. Just to make that clear. Todd. And <laughs> can you tell a quick story about Todd real quick for everyone? Todd, you tell the Todd. Or what are you going to go for it? Oh, when we went to grad school together like years ago and Todd was your name that our professor called you because she could not remember your name was Tyler. <laughs> yes. So this goes out Todd to Ma. Cynthia. That's right. So Todd Moss for listeners who can't remember my first name. And I'm cool with that. You know, Todd <laughs> is uh, Todd's not the worst second name to have. Um, but the <laughs> sorry guys, that was that was one of the best jokes of grad school. Well, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound like a particularly good joke, but it was a yeah. lot funnier in the moment. <laughs> it's funny because you went with it, and then for the next semester, you were Todd. I was Todd, but I am not Todd Browning, who was the director of this. And, Todd um, with Wendy. And this movie was particularly weird, as we discussed earlier, because he like filmed it with people. With real quote unquote freaks, it was people who really had these disabilities that we're seeing on the show, which is the I mean the same kind of thing that we're seeing in American Horror Story Freak Show, but not this exploitative nature that maybe right. Todd Browning was filming. You know, we're really getting background behind all these characters from Amazon Eve to Paul the Illustrated Seal. Um, but Stanley is given a gift, and it, it is uh, what is what is the gift he opens? Do you want to? It is the sure, head right. of the uh, woman who is the uh, museum curator of uh, the wh- – what was it called again? The Museum of Oddities or something Museum like of Oddities, that, right? thank you. Yeah. Um, the one where yeah. Petit's at, where um, Jimmy's hands are at. And The collector. Um, right. And uh, her head is in a jar, a similar jar of some kind of petroleum jelly or something like that to preserve it. And uh, – you know, at this point, Probably in all caps, <laughs> for yeah, well, formaldehyde, <laughs> yeah, not petroleum <laughs> jelly. <laughs> well, sorry, I don't have too much experience preserving weird body parts, but um, I typed in all caps here. He is found. Um, this was a storyline that was wrapped up real quick, way too quick for me. Uh, you know, we had known with the kind of the big cliffhanger when Mappetit is revealed last episode is a that this was i mean it, stanley it was, was revealed but it did not take much to take stanley down um he opens that and then all the freaks start to kind of crowd around him with all their weapons 
Um, Elsa's dream is is broken, and you know he tries to plead that he has ho- contacts in Hollywood, but ain't going work now, dude. Good. You killed too many people. And of course, he runs outside in the rain and is kind of hiding under a trailer, and all the freaks kind of are crawling toward him to slaughter him. Which is, for those of you who have bothered to YouTube. Uh, freaks that movie freaks from 1932 or have seen any clips from it this is the way the movie ends basically it's the climax of the movie is that the main like the main guy gets slaughtered by the freaks as he's like in the rain when it's all muddy when he's like hiding under a trailer and they're all like crawling toward him and it's this really suspenseful scene and so it was they were a little bit heavy-handed in this but it's clear what they were going for is to give stanley this end from freaks that's cool i like that homage I do too, but what do you feel about Stanley getting killed in like just just yeah. like that storyline being wrapped up so quick? I didn't like opening up to that because – and this is one of the problems I have kind of with American Horror Story is especially with Coven. Uh, Coven was like this too, but we get all these villains. We get like seven villains throughout the whole series, but there's no – boss villain at the end which maybe is the standard uh narrative that you get when it, for a full season but to handle this asshole that we've been dealing with for you know a good 10 out of the 12 episodes to handle it right away so quickly was kind of like oh man i wanted this to kind of be strung out a little bit longer because he him and dandy have been Two kind of the uh, biggest villains. Antagonists, but, yeah. Yeah, and then and Dandy's kind of disappeared into the background for the past couple episodes. But uh, Stanley's been up front doing the murdering or, or, uh, or orchestrating these murders of the freaks. So it's a little disappointing to have him go so quickly, so easily, when everyone figures it out like that, thanks to Maggie and um, uh, uh, Desiree. Mm-hmm. What did you think? And I, I have to say that I think you know we build up to the demise of these, right? These bad guys, these villains, and you know it, the build up takes a long time. You know we've sure. been talking for episodes about Stanley coming down, but it does seem like it almost seems like they they like the writers think that like they're trying to throw a curveball at us by jumping right kill, in by yeah by killing him so quickly and like not a real slow or dramatic fashion without any kind of tension it's just like you know it's it's so easy you know he's he's like this master manipulator for so much of the show but then they just they just kill him like that um, it seems it seems a little uh weight of a wasted opportunity where we could have drawn this out a little bit and made some tension and been a little nervous and scared and like oh my god is he gonna get away with it is he gonna but uh, we knew he was gonna get his come up and it's in the end but the way it happened so quickly and a lot of it i feel like happened off screen I, I don't know it's just a little disappointing it happened too fast and you know there's there's clearly a lot of deaths in this season yeah. um so many deaths and i don't know some of them were just some of them were more um were treated with more care, I feel like, by the writers than others. Yeah. You know, like, for instance, Dell's death last episode was dramatic. It was, yes. like, surprising. you surprising. Know, and it, it was surprising, but it was, like, you know, we understood it, and it, things were kind of leading up to it for a while. Yep. Um, there was, and it was at the end of the episode, it felt, it had that weight to it, that gravitas. But this happened, this happened in the intro, you know? It just, yeah. you know, I felt seemed, like it took a little something away from it. I, and it seems like you feel similar. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree. I, I wanted him to get it a little bit harder. I mean, obviously, in the end, we see that he's... They did something to him, and he's not completely dead. But it's just not... It doesn't carry the weight, like you said, that I feel like something like that should have. Right, it just happened so quick. Um, from there, we transition, of course, into Jimmy, who we, who, who is, ends up being... Um, we remember that he was being... Um, Hidden by Dell, uh, away from Stanley, or, or, or from from the cops, I guess. From the really cops, because yeah. he he'd, he'd escape from the cops. So Dell was hiding him away. He was hiding him away in the same shed that so much has gone down. This is where Mapatit has been killed. This is where the twins were maybe going to get cut in half and stuff like that. So he's hiding in that same shed, um, which must be hid, well hidden because it seems to be where they hide everything. And uh, you know, Jimmy's delivered the news of Dell's death. Um, at the same time, he's also told that Dell killed Mapetit. It's just like pushed upon him at once, and and it seems like he. I mean, clearly, he also learned that Maggie had a, a role in, in Mapetit's mm-hmm. death as well, because he's calling her a deceitful slut, which yikes really is is a misnomer because she hasn't at all slept around on him, whereas Jimmy has had weird sex with the fat lady and so um it's yeah. kind of unfair to be saying that to Double her. I mean, standard I there jimmy i understand him being upset about the whole murdering um, her friends or setting up her, right his or, friends. Or, or, be, or being involved in that but you know she's kind of redeemed herself by taking desiree to go right kill she's, she's trying hard and everything she's the only person that really seems like they're trying to redeem themselves in this show as of late Right, and so Elsa leaves to kind of bring in uh, Massimo, Danny Houston, to come in. And just like you predicted last episode, he's going to be kind of the prop orchestrator to make Jimmy's new hands. Yep. But I, there was a time in this in this scene where Jimmy just yells, I have no hands! And I honestly laughed at that because it was like... <laughs> he yelled it so loud. <laughs> and it was just funny. It was like, I, I don't feel bad for you. Was, right, yeah. You're just, you're just kind of pathetic and... You know, at one point we thought that Maggie and Jimmy had this, like, real love between them, but now he's calling her a deceitful slut, which is just doesn't... That particular term doesn't make sense. I mean, she's deceitful, but she's certainly not a slut. And then she's here taking care of him and unwrapping his wounds and dressing him, and it's just so gross as he screams the whole time. Uh, But she still loves him throughout the whole... Okay, if you were Maggie at this point, why would you still love him? He's been kind of a dick, and, you know, you feel a little bad for him. Yeah, he's lost his mom and his father or whatever, but... And, and, and obviously that's that's really hard, and he's lost his hands at this point. Right. But, I mean, he's been kind of a huge bitch, and his behavior has made no sense. I think I think she's really trying hard because, A, she probably does really love him, <clears throat> but I think her ultimate redemption is his forgiveness because she loved him and deceived him, that that is the only way that she can feel reconciled uh, and right with herself. She needs Jimmy's forgiveness. Well, but he doesn't give her that, you know. He says, he "My hands are in a my hands are in a goddamn jar." And that's all because of you. Yep. Which is not which is not true at all. It was all Stanley. Well, it's um, partially she, true because he. I mean, it's not. It, she's not directly responsible, but she's earlier on. She was part of it, and yes, and I agree. Stanley was the one who actually made him cut his hands off, tricked him into doing it. But she was part of the a little sliver of it initially. She could but have stopped really, him earlier. She could have stopped Stanley earlier. She okay, but you're you're exactly right. So we could we can go back and analyze this and say, uh, 
She could have stopped Stanley earlier, but she never was directly involved in any of the killings that happened at True. the freak show. She had nothing to do with Ma Petit. In fact, she returned she, Ma Petit safe yep. and sound. Yep. It was Dell who really had the final hand in the demise of Ma Petit, yeah. Jimmy's own father. Um, she had nothing at all to do with this hand. She certainly wouldn't have had Stanley take away Jimmy's hands. In fact, she was trying to help him at that point in time. Good but point. Stanley yep. had already gone to go take them. So she... She had no direct influence in anyone's death. Um, she just could have given up she Stanley just, sooner. It reminds me of the Seinfeld, the fi- finale of Seinfeld episode, where they don't, it's the Good Samaritan Law, where they don't uh, help out these people who are getting um, uh, robbed or offended. You know, they just kind of uh-huh. say bye like, well, well, that's that. And that's illegal to do. And that's, that's the only, she's, she's a standby a bystander, sorry. Yeah, she's she's just a bystander. Well, and I mean, anyway, what what's so interesting about this is is it, without going into a huge history lesson, um, <laughs> you know, you know, we talk about Nazis in this episode, and we talk about um, World War Two, and that's kind of been a theme of this season, and such a you know. A, such a huge ethical discussion of World War Two is like there was Germans, you know, German citizens who were not directly involved in the Holocaust or any of these atrocities that happened. But such a big question that continues to stand in history is like, were they somehow at fault for not stopping what was going on or not speaking out about what was going on? And does that thus implicate them for their, you know, their unwillingness to do something about it? And, you know, you can't help but make that comparison to Maggie and hold her somewhat accountable for that. Agreed. Um, Even even though I think it's fair, I think you and I would both say she's trying to make things right. And she says that. Yes, absolutely. Um, And just as you predicted, Danny Houston arrives. And we do a little bit of a a flashback with him. him and Elsa apparently, I mean, and this was uh, it was kind of unsure. We kind of thought maybe they had kind of a thing going at one point. Maybe they were actually going to be in, in love with each other, but uh, or well, she was definitely in love with him, but he denied her. Um, and it, it's not entirely clear. Did you understand why he didn't accept her love? What that was? What was well? Going on there? I mean, we get we get a little bit in the background uh, when that in that flashback where he goes and starts murdering all of um the people who uh were in that snuff film that that cut off her legs yes mm-hmm. but uh and then he gets to the, the 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 big boss at the end and that guy uh turns around and shoots him in the chest and then tortures him for weeks months i forget what it is but mm-hmm. and did you recognize who that was? Yes, I did, and I was gonna. I am glad you picked up on it too. Who was it? It was Doctor Arden. It was Doctor Arden, who whose name we we learn in. Um, so we learn in Asylum that Doctor Arden's real name is Hans Gruber, which also is hilarious because that's the name of the villain from Die Hard. Um, I wonder <laughs> if they did that on purpose. Um, played by Alan Rickman, but. Um, I think it's also the same young actor they have play young Arden in Asylum, isn't Which that right? Which is, I I was curious about that. I, I I don't know, but that is as we learned. That is also um, uh, crap. What's the actor's name that plays Arden? Who's in Babe? Anyway, oh, the real, like the real adult Arden. Yeah, it's his son in real life. 
Oh, I'm James Cromwell. James Cromwell's son. That's one of one of our uh, listeners pointed out that the guy who plays the young James Arden is uh, actually his son. Look it up while we talk about this. But I think that's what I think that's that might be him. Uh, I think you're right, and I think well his for now our listeners will let John... us know. No, I think you're right, and I think his name is John Cromwell, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look that up real quickly. And you look it up John. while I take a sip, and then tell everyone about how... Um, so, when... Um, what, what's the... Uh, what's the? Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's John Cromwell. John Cromwell, okay. The, you're right, yeah, it's the right actor. And the... Um, the oh, go ahead. The whole Cromwell family is actually full of actors, but that one is John Cromwell. Um, go ahead. I was going to say the uh, the reason why he could not reciprocate his love when uh, Elsa wanted to, he said, was because he, after all this uh, torture, he felt like Pinocchio, like he didn't have a soul left. He couldn't love again. True. So he gets yeah he gets. Although Pinocchio ends up kind of becoming a, a boy. happier, happier yeah. ending, yeah, he he ends up finding feelings in the end. So I don't know if that's an apt comparison, but I think I think they just wanted to make like the Geppetto to Pinocchio kind of comparison because he's kind of that prop master Geppetto. Before Absolutely, him. yeah. I, I um, but I mean, I I do love Danny Houston, and I liked him in. in I mean, I liked bringing him back here. Of course, liked, everyone will remember totally. him as the Axe Man in uh, Coven. Yep. Um, but I also loved. I did. I really did like that throwback to Asylum and kind of again tying the seasons together. Yeah. Uh, so let's then talk for a moment. Um, you know, we we've talked a little bit about Elsa and Massimo and Jimmy. Let's go back and talk about Chester. Now, yes. um, Chester's having you know sex with the twins, and it seems like this has kind of become a regular thing. But the twins, of course, want him to put Marjorie away while they're while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he puts her on the floor like an old sock, quote unquote, and <laughs> she gets pretty pissed and threatens to leave. Um, you know, makes him paranoid about the twins that they're using him and don't really love him. Um, but he seems torn about it. You know, he thinks maybe they're going to cure him of his ailments and everything. But regardless, uh, he decides he's going to murder them, which is, I thought we'd already, he'd already kind of determined that in the last episode. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. We're, we're kind of retracking, uh, uh, something we've already covered. I thought. Yeah, he he's going to murder them by putting them into the box and then sawing them in half, but for real. And so... But the um, wrong direction, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, maybe that's somewhat like um, the irony of it, is he's sawing yeah. them not in the way that they wanted to be sawed before, right. I guess. Right, um, But they catch on pretty easily and, well, not pretty easily. They catch on because Dandy comes to visit them. Yep. And... Um, Gives them the file on Chester, which I mean, which isn't isn't really him. To, that's not even really him deceiving them, which is interesting because obviously he's still kind of, you know, he's pretending that he is a different person and that he's been softened by his mother's death, which of course we know he, he killed him. himself. Well, the, the, okay, good. I'm glad you're talking about this because this is what I want to ask you. What are Dandy's motives here? Is he really trying to win back and fall get the girls to fall in love with him? Or is he doing this as a vindictive way? Or did, we also talked about how he has this kind of weird affinity to Chester because Chester's kind of a freak, weirdo murderer like Dandy is. 
What, what, what do you think his motives are here? I think that he, part of him, likes being an outside factor that can influence the fate of somebody else without being directly involved, without having to do the killing himself. And I think he still gets a kick out of killing. Yeah. But I think that he kind of um, likes influencing... You know, I think that he finds Chester peculiar and interesting because of his... You know his PTSD, his ailment that makes him a murderer, mm-hmm. and so he he somewhat likes the idea of toying with him. I think the other part is I don't know that he that Dandy actually believes he's going to be with Bet and Dot again mm-hmm. that they're going to love him in one form or another. But I think that maybe he finds some satisfaction in kind of knocking their white knight off of his horse. You know, right, and, right. Yeah. Um, is it a still, jealousy thing at all then? Even though he knows he can't get them. I don't even know if it's a jealousy thing. I just think it's like if you're you're not going to be, it, it's it's maybe it is kind of a little malicious thing. You know, if it's if you're not going to be happy with me, you're not going to be happy at all, and I'm going to make sure of that. You know. Yeah. Um, Dude, your beard is so thick right now. It's a winter beard, my friend. It's it's, <laughs> it's good a for bourbon stroking. beard. It's good for stroking and thinking about American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cheers, real quick. So let's talk for a second about what happens then. Um, Chester goes through, wants to go through with the trick, and is basically planning to you know, have a run-through and kill the twins in his run-through. Do you think he's really twins... trying to kill the twins, or is he just trying to... Because they were like, off the bat, they're like, we ain't doing this shit. So here's what I think was going to happen. He was just outlining the new lineup, and he was planning on killing the twins as like the main act in the real-life show. Mm-hmm. But then the twins are like, eh, we're not going to be your... We're not down. Um... We're not going to be your assistant anymore. And he's like, and he's panicking. So he's thinking, oh, let's do a run. No, it's going to be okay. Let's do a run through of the show right now. And I'll put you in that box and I'll kill you right now. Right. Is what's going on in his head. But they're like, "Eh, no, we're not going to do that. So who volunteers but Maggie? Big question for you. Why would Maggie volunteer to do this? I, as soon as she came out of behind the curtains, I was like, why, A, why are you there? B, this is stupid. This is, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Why is she, what, what does she have to prove? Why is she trying to do that? It's so stupid. I, this was very illogical for me. I don't know how you felt. I absolutely felt the exact same way. Makes no sense why she would all of a sudden involve herself and volunteer to do this. Yeah. Especially with the sketchiest Chester's been acting. Yeah. Uh, and she jumps into the box, and in this run through, Chester saws her fucking in half, and all her guts spill out, and it is disgusting and ridiculous. Gruesome. For about. And. Till, till, till he finally like, pulled her apart in a cut to commercial, I was like, I, I thought it was like a dream sequence again. I was rolling my eyes. I was like, this is Me stupid. too, me too. Especially because they kind of made it look like, you know, they, it was, I think it was like him envisioning himself in the live show. He envisions himself yes. in makeup and all that stuff, and you're thinking, oh no, he's just, this is just in his head. But that part was in his head, but he really does kill her and cut her in half. And none of the other freaks really care. No, it's I, like, especially I mean, Desiree. I was like, "What the fuck?" She, she says she had it coming. Let's steal her jewelry. Let's steal her jewelry and bury the bitch. Yeah, which like, okay, yeah, yeah. That like, she also Maggie. Maggie you. play. Maggie worked with Stanley at first, but she felt terrible about it, and she went out of her way to help Desiree kill the curator. And yep. It just it makes absolutely zero no sense. sense. Yeah, and it makes and it makes Desiree seem like a shitty person. Yes, for like not having and Desiree any, giving... has has been on the up and ups for us as she's coming into her own as kind of the new leader of the freaks. The worst part of the episode. I thought Ugh. this was the dumbest thing. I, I agree. It made no sense. 
It was out of nowhere. It was gruesome. Why and would Desiree for flip no reason? On Maggie like that. I don't know. And, yeah. and, they, and it makes all the freaks seem kind of shitty because the way they just shrug it off and are like, okay, all, all of a sudden we're going to be, you know, so accustomed to death we don't give a shit that someone was just sawed to death Murdered on our stage and had, and had their guts spilled out all over and we're just yeah. going to let this guy go back to his tent. I mean, it, it just made everyone seem shitty. And yeah, I agree. I agree. After that, I was like, wow, I don't really, I'm not rooting for any of you guys at this point. You guys no. are a bunch of jerks. And of course, Chester goes back to his tent, and is at this point is just absolutely unhinged. Yeah, and ends up killing, at least in his mind, killing Marjorie. Um, so you know, very short-lived Jamie Brewer. Yeah, she who she I, kills I, it. By the way, I, I excuse the words, the language, but she was really good playing that uh, Marjorie. I was going to say the same. I was going to say the exact same thing too. I thought cool. He, as short as short-lived as her role was, I thought she did an awesome job. Oh yeah, she's um, great. And and uh, what, okay, what overall at, at this point? I mean, so you know, he slaughters the doll, which he obviously doesn't really kill the doll, but he's covered with the blood of of Maggie. But then mm-hmm. he takes the body into the police, and he confesses himself, and the police are kind of freaked out because he's bringing a body. Like, this know, guy is a weirdo. <laughs> a doll's body in Neil Patrick Harris. At the end of this, his character Chester. What? Wh- how do you feel? Did it come together like you hoped, or was it was it lacking? I I mean I when after he tried to turn himself in the whole point I I'm still trying to wrap my head around what his purpose was outside of killing Maggie and getting Dandy to uh start uh um uh, engaging with the freak show again. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. And I love Neil Patrick Harris. I really love him. But the fact that he came in so late it's just like it seemed like a desperate act. He, they could have incorporated him way earlier on and written it so this happens or the, this all transpires in a in a climactic way. But it just I don't know. It didn't well, and feel that's it my and me. that's my problem with it. I had a lot of hope for it last episode, it, but he you know, loses this, it so quickly. It, I I wanted this to be something climactic, like you just said, like something that happens in the middle of a big sold out show and is like really built up to and stuff. But Maggie so willingly, for no reason that for makes no sense, reason. G- gets in the box and he cuts her in half and it's just like... What the fuck? Yeah, it was very hard to... Um, it just didn't make to, sense. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't make sense and it was hard to take seriously. And frankly... I and when know, Maggie it, died, I didn't feel anything. I was like, well, I, this doesn't make sense to me, so all right, let's keep it moving. No, and it was it was disappointing because I was hoping he was going to bring things yeah. together more. And um, that Maggie scene with Jimmy actually was one of the first times that I was like, all right, man, I'm feeling for Maggie. She's she's trying real hard here. And then we just give and that all just up because she dies so quickly. Yeah. She dies so quickly. And Jimmy just kind of shrugs it off when they come and tell her that Maggie's dead. Uh, it's just like, he's just I, like, oh, yeah, that, that slut's dead. This was the girl that he was so in love with he was going to run around with her and start yep. her life. Yeah. And, it, you know, it makes you not like Jimmy. It makes you not like the other freaks. It makes you certainly... Yeah. I don't know. I was This was Just a terrible decision. Terrible decision. Um, we get a flashback to Jimmy in 1946 um, when Ethel's still alive, but she's announcing him. And 
she gives him some kind of uh, pep talk before he goes on stage. It just that kind of that scene kind of seemed unnecessary to me. Do you think that was just an excuse to bring back Ethel for a second? Well, that yeah, probably a little bit. I like I liked seeing Kathy Bates again do her thing with her son because it was it was a nice reminder of these, uh, and this is what I think was important for is this maternal figure that uh, we hear later on in the episode where um, where they talk about how Ethel was more of a maternal figure to these freaks than Elsa ever was, right. uh, but. Uh, you know, at that point, I think, I honestly, I was happy to see Kathy Bates because so much shit had just gone down that I was like, wh- I didn't understand wh- why characters were making the choices they were. But it was more, I think, for Jimmy's uh, narrative in this story about, you know, his identity and who he's trying to be. And, and is he a performer? And is he a leader? Can he do this? And his mother was the one who pushed him to do it. And said he was and believed in him. So, uh, you know, I wanted to feel bad for Jimmy because he'd lost everyone. I mean, sure. he's lost his father, he's lost his mother, he lost his girlfriend. Uh, but he didn't, like... He didn't care too much. I don't know. He, the only one he really cared about was losing his mom, which, yeah. I mean, I, I get that. But the way he treated Maggie and the way he reacted after Ethel died with, like was just so over-the-top ridiculous, didn't make sense, that I have yeah. no sympathy for him, you know? Uh, yeah. And he, and he gets these new Lobster Boy hands thanks to Massimo, the puppet master. And I rolled my eyes at that, too. I think there was so... Okay, so there's supposed to be some like symbolic thing that he gets lobster hands instead of regular, regular hands. hands. I was going to ask what you thought about that. What was the symbolism going on here? Well, I mean, they hammered home. They showed us the image, the sketches of the regular hands like five effing times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And then when he pulls up his hands and puts them in the frame, it's, you know, I think it's him choosing his identity as a freak still as opposed to... So he's going to make exactly, exactly. He's going to he he chooses to identify as a freak now instead of, you know, he accepts the identity he could never accept before when he was trying to be normal and hide it with his gloves and shit like that. Yeah, which was supposed to be some big symbolic thing, but it was like I, it was hard for me to like feel to get behind him at that point because it's like, can you really show so little sympathy after your your dad and Maggie who was just so nice to you. Is died in, like yeah. killed in such a brutal way. She got it, saw the f in half. Like, oh my god, that, that is was just, effed up. And she was she was the closest to redemption than than any of these characters that we've been dealing with. I think. I agree with you. I agree with you. It was just disappointing. It's brutal. And I was starting Let's to like about, Emma finally. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, let's talk about Elsa for a second. The twins sneak up on Elsa in her tent to tell her that basically all the freaks are, are becoming a mob to kill her. Yeah. Um, and this is where they have that conversation where Ethel's the true mother and not Elsa. Uh, what did you feel about Elsa's reaction here? Was it a real revelation for her? Why was Ethel the real mother and not Elsa? Is the yeah, question I wanted to ask you. Uh, yeah, I, I really actually kind of like this scene because it reminded me how much I absolutely love Jessica Lang. She is... Phenomenal actress. She's great. Um, she really sells everything. And it, she's such a good actress that it reminds me... or it, When I see her act in a scene like this with the twins, 
I forget about the other like episodes where she hated the twins. <laughs> and then before that, she loved the twins. And I'm just in, as we talked about in the past, like this was such a moment that made me really appreciate Elsa as who she is. So it made me think Elsa evolved into growing out of this ambition, still having a little bit of it, but it reminded, uh, reminded me of the uh, loyalty and the protection she had for her freaks and her monsters, mm-hmm. which we we saw once she realized Ma Petite died, but it, it was still like hit or miss. And I, I, I'm hoping, and, and I was this is what I was thinking when I was watching this episode, this is the first time I've seen Jessica Lange's character in the seasons of American Horror Story where toward the end of it, she actually is becoming more of a pure good person as opposed to an asshole that's getting her comeuppance. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And, you know, yeah, we've, you de- we've, de- we've debated throughout the season what whether or not she is a... Uh, villain whether or Whether or not she's a, a villain or a hero, basically. And I think maybe that's... Maybe that's Maybe that's a question we're supposed to continue asking, you know? Maybe that's intentional, yeah. is that she's somewhere Everyone's in between. Gray. She's in that gray area. Um, and by at the by the end of this, she's not the one I'm hoping... You know, I'm not hoping to see her killed by all the other freaks. And so maybe that's an, you know, that's an achievement um, by making us... And I like I believe her love for Mapetite and her. I, I think her yeah. her caring for Jimmy in these series of episodes is authentic. You know, I love when she was with Jimmy and uh, Maggie, and and she told Jimmy, she's like, y- "You let her uh, take care of you, take care of your hands. She's trying right. to do right by you." And you know, I was just as good of. I forget she said I would. You know, your mom's not here anymore, and I'm a, I'm just as good of a mother I'm, or whatever. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna act as your mother, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you, and um, which is makes it all the more interesting when she decides to sell the freak show to Dandy. Oh, good who, God! Clearly, she knows Dandy is up to no good. I mean, you, you have to feel like she shit. You have to know she has at least, even if she doesn't know that Dandy's a serial killer. You know, you have to think that she, she knows he's off. Knows that there's something going on with him that he's not the best person. So it's like, is she just throw this all away for her own selfishness after? I, All that? I mean... You know, that's a good question. Part of me thinks, yeah, she's super selfish, and she's trying to get her way to L.A. But the other part of me thinks, listen, this is the one person that she knows left in this world of the dying freak show that actually really cares about this type of a production and has a lot of money, and even though he's a f- weirdo, he'll... he loves this show so much that maybe he'll take care of her monsters like she wants. Uh, I guess that's true. And I mean, I guess only the last episode will tell right. how things end for Dandy and for the rest of the freak show. Yeah. Um, of course the episode ends with us coming full circle and a noise in the back. Um, Dandy goes and finds in a cage, essentially Stanley has been turned into meep. Um, and it's it, like we can't fully tell whether like they cut his arms. No, they they cut his arms they, off, and I think they cut his legs off. I think he's he's like an amputee like four times. Yeah, and he all but he's wearing meeps, meeps outfit, and they put meeps yeah. outfit on him. Yeah, and they probably cut his tongue out too if all he's making is noises. Yeah, and so Jesus, yeah, which is was, yeah, I don't know. 
It's like, okay, cool, but Maggie just got sawed in half. Right. And she didn't deserve that. Yeah. I don't think she deserved it. Um, She's the only yeah, person shit. that was really trying to redeem themselves. That's why I'm like... No, and I'm and I'm with you, and I I was not a huge a huge fan of that, and so I guess before we talk about things that need to be wrapped up in the final yeah. episode, what was your take on this episode? What, how do you feel about everything overall? Um, like we mentioned earlier, like I feel like certain things were wrapped up way too quickly, or or things happened too quickly, like something when you have a villain like um, Stanley, who is around for a majority of the season to have him have his comeuppance so quickly without any tension is a little bit of a letdown. You know, Uh I I feel a little disappointed. I want, I wanted to see some more tension with that. Um, and to see someone, I, I feel like Maggie's death was very, uh, uh, unorganic, (laughs) It was so bizarre and out of left field that why would she jump into this practice uh, saw uh, this, you know, the song in half thing. I don't know. Things seem to be a little pushed and contrived that I I don't really appreciate too much. And that was disappointing. The good things I liked about this episode and where we're at is I like where Jessica Lange's character, Elsa, where she's kind of... She's come from being the mother of the monsters to being and growing to her ambition and, and and being jealous of the twins to coming. I'm hoping full full circle where she's really after Ma Petite died and she realized all that stuff that she's looking out for them the most part, even though she sold them to Dandy. But then she sold them to Dandy. So I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand a lot of things. I, I need this next episode of resolute everything. What do you think? Or resolve everything. What do you think? I feel like Stanley and Maggie were killed in this episode because the writers were like, well, I don't want to deal with them in the last episode. And so um, let's just – they just they were both taken care of. I mean Stanley wasn't killed. Maggie was. But they were just both in taken care of way too abruptly. I agree with you. And like we thought that was going to be like a big – drawn out like one of the big mm-hmm. conclusions of the show and right. it seems like the big showdown is just supposed to be dandy versus the rest of the freak show which this better be spectacular or i'm going to be kind of pissed at this point dandy is so. like i'm sorry but he's pissed out big time in the past couple episodes like he's been such a background character that i i like when he shows up i'm like oh here who's this square showing up well and i which is too bad because i feel like that's he was obviously so good a, that's that's the writer's fault because he's been the star of this season, I think. I, I, I agree. Say. I agree. Um, and so they're underutilizing their star by not having him be involved more in these last couple episodes. Um, before we, we talk about next episode, what would you give this episode? Uh, well, you go first this time. I, I was not a fan, man. I, I did... I, I, the Stanley thing, I liked the homage to Freaks, did not at all like the Maggie end. Chester even, I felt like, came too fast and abruptly. Way too um, quick! It was such a... I'm, I, it's a three, man. I, I'm giving it a three out of five. Three sets of clowns. That's what I was going to give, too. I was going to give it a three, and I don't... You can, and, and you can, and I think that might be deserved in this one. I, I And I hate... It's just... One of the things that I mentioned earlier that, you know, how... Uh, so... Desiree's character, she just like Maggie dies, and Maggie and her has such a bond. I, but she still has this 
huge affinity to um, uh, Ethel, who was who was the ex-wife of her boyfriend or what? I don't know. Is I, I it's just it's too much all over the map and a little disappointing because I, I assume that these bonds are happening. And then they don't, like Maggie and uh, Jimmy. And Jimmy just totally rebukes her the whole time, rebuffs every advance she has. And it's. It was dumb. It was yeah, dumb. And I. It's just. Cause so, God. So it's three, we, it's three for me. I agree. And I, I think a six out of ten is, is a reasonable score for this episode. And for the final episode, I want to play a quick lightning round with you. And I want you to answer these questions quick, quickly. I don't want long Let me answers. take a sip of my bourbon first. Yes, please do. And this is going to be questions that we still have that have not yet been answered. Mm-hmm. And so I just want you to answer them quickly because there's still a lot that needs to be tied up. Um, and our friend Jade listed out a bunch of these for us. And I think there's some really good points here. That, like, oh, boy. Things that, like, what what the shit happened to that? Yeah. And they're just not involved in it. So, okay, Stanley's dick. Was that, was that I assume that was – do you think they, they cut that off when they cut when they cut him down to meep size? I hope so because I <laughs> thought that Stanley's dick was going to show up in the Museum uh, of Oddities. I, I think that would be entertaining, so I hope you're right in that. Uh, next point. So Theo, um, yeah, Desiree's oh my God, Theo! boyfriend. Where what the was his? Fuck did Theo what happened go? to him? Is he gonna? Is he gonna show up in the final episode? That'd be really disappointing if he did, because that's bullshit. That's such a cop out. I agree. Theo I think shows he's... up for five minutes and then he shows up in the final. No, hell no. Nope, I agree with you too. I think he's not gonna show up, and that was a complete waste. Uh, the fat lady. What was her deal? Why is she even involved in anything? Uh, I think. I think. They should have incorporated her way earlier on, and I have no idea her whole purpose besides making Maggie jealous of Jimmy. And I think that was her purpose. I think that was just to give, like, to make Jimmy's, you know, descent into despair more... It was weird. ...and confusing. So that was ridiculous. Um, Is Angela Bassett's character still pregnant? That was a question that Jane brought up. Because isn't that something that was brought up earlier? Is she still pregnant? I don't know. I don't... Or did she lose the baby? I I, I don't remember. Good God. I forgot that well, was a story point. I mean, she, she's chugging liquor at the bottom... At the end of this episode, Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's stomping her feet. Oh, I love Angela Bassett in this episode. I just don't like the way that she didn't like... Anyway... I don't the way know that she's, she's it just didn't make sense for her character that she would give up Maggie as a friend so quickly. After yeah, like kind of bonded. The fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I forgot that she was pregnant, or thought she was pregnant, or whatever. So that, you know, whatever happened to Paul's injury? How did he heal him? I mean, clearly, I, I like that we saw a little bit of like love between him and Penny because it was kind of like you yeah, know, they've, that story has kind of come to a close where it's like they they're both freaks and they love each other, which so they're happy. So yeah, good for them. Good for them, I guess. But that whole I don't even know if it was worthwhile to even have gone on that whole. I think he got healed. I don't know. Pun. I mean, I'm sure I, I haven't seen him like limp around or anything, but I, I think he's I, that. That's one of the least concerns I think I have. I mean that yeah. was that was he healed enough. I don't know, but I, I'm not too chipping. On, I'm not chipping on that. What's going to happen to? I mean, okay. So the ultimate question, and this is kind of the final question. Uh oh. What's going to happen? Uh-oh. What's going to happen to Dandy, and what's going to be the future of the Freak Show? All right, is uh, Dandy going to die? Do you think? I think ultimately, which they don't, they have not set this up well at all. But I think ultimately, it's going to come down to Dandy versus Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I what think I'm thinking. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that Dandy is going to get his, as you said before, comeuppance in one form or another. I don't know that he'll die. I don't know if he'll be somehow talked into being arrested by the police or maybe... Yeah, you know, maybe the twins kill him. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe oh, Jimmy like ends that. up with the tw- maybe in the end Jimmy ends up with the twins after all that because um, they've kind of both had their loves right. killed at this point, and so yeah, after all that they'll end up together. Dandy's just been too much of a backburner for too long. I think that it's like he he's gonna this, and I don't want this to happen, but he's gonna have to kill someone I really love in this show for me to hate him, you know, vehemently again. For him to get his comeuppance. And frankly, I've loved Andy. I've loved him as a character. I think he's been so entertaining. And it's, it, I, I'm hoping that the fi- finale is a whole lot of Dandy, which it seems like we're gearing up for. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to enjoy. And uh, not too much. I, I don't know. Frankly, I might be happy if he ended up killing Jimmy just because it would be, it'd be surprising. Well, Jimmy's you know? boring as shit. Yeah, especially with his little fake bullshit hands now. Um, who who does I'll, Jimmy have? Or sorry, who does Danny have to kill for you to hate him again? And my, hate hate him, I mean, just see him as a big villain. Maybe Amazon Eve. Or That's Paul, who I like, was thinking. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly who I was. thinking. I mean, about. I I think I would care more about that than if he killed Elsa or Jimmy. You know, agreed. Agreed. And we know Elsa's going to live because she's going to be on Time Magazine that Pepper's going to be putting in piles. Look at years now. Well, and I, you got to credit the writers that there was more, far more death death that lasted in this season than there were in past seasons. There's a lot True. of death in this season. Agreed. So they stuck with that. There wasn't people coming back to life, which I guess is a good thing because Thank there was God. too much of that coming. Though I kind of wish that um, Frances Conner would have came back to life because I miss her. Oh, me too. Um, I was really bummed. Did you watch? I mean, I didn't watch them, but the People's Choice. uh, No, no, the Golden Globes. I did watch it, and both Jessica Lange and Kathy Bates Bates. lost. But it was confusing because they were saying when they said they were nominated, they said it was for Freak Show, but I think they meant for Coven because Freak Show over yet. Agreed. So I was confused about what they're what roles they're being nominated for. I think it was for Coven, but. Because honestly, like after this season, I think the people I would nominate. Well, obviously, I want to nominate Frances Conroy every time because she. I think she's so underappreciated. She's incredible. She she is. She is. Um, but but the uh, Sarah Paulson as the twins, like she's great. She's so. I don't. Good. Well, and that's why I think this is for Coven and not for yeah. America or um, not for Freak Show. And that was a mistake <laughs> that was made. Yeah. Um, another thing is. About next episode, I we need to see oh, something yeah. incredible. This is going to be the swan song of Jessica Lange. She's not coming back next season. That's right. So she's going to have to have. I mean, I would like to see something incredible out of her next in this final episode. Uh, maybe you know she'll be the will. one who deals to Andy the final blow. Um, it'll be interesting to see, I guess. But overall, I, this is an analogy I've been thinking of for a little while. Um, you know how if you, you know, I'm a major nerd. I watch. You know, American Horror Story, I watch Game of Thrones, I watch Walking Dead, but I'm also a sports fan too. And I feel like this season of American Horror Story is like the rebuilding season. That's kind of what I like. I hope it is. Like when a team like dra- like is bringing Loses in new people their, yeah, yep. and is like trying to find itself. I'm kind of hoping th- this season has had good moments but has not had good continuity. And... Uh, um, I'm hoping that they're learning some things and that next season they're going to come together with it. Like maybe they'll write the whole season before the show starts 
and they'll come together with something really cohesive and good. Um, Agreed. That's my Agreed. hope for next season, and maybe we'll see a glimmer of it in. I think the we final will. Episode. I always believe and I think, in this show. I love it, and I, I do too. And after the final episode, I mean, next week we'll we'll have some fun discussion. This uh, you know, guessing what the next season's going to be because we always enjoy doing that. Oh, totally. Um, and analyzing the whole season and kind of putting, you know, I think we like we like to rank the past the seasons in a way. Oh too. yeah. So oh, so fun. of course of course we'll do that as well and maybe link rank some of our especially we'll rank our favorite Jessica Lang characters because she's leaving. Yeah. Um, but all our other characters too. So that'll be that'll be fun too. We'll rank our favorite um, Evan Peters characters, which is really a bum list right now for it's me. Really easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot there's a lot of chips in the bottom of the barrel at this point. Yeah. But um. I don't know. It'll be fun to talk about. Um, I agree with you. This, this as the penultimate episode, this is rather disappointing. But you know, I'm always hope, I'm always hoping for an awesome ending. As I think. Oh, you are I too. agree. I agree. And I and I don't doubt they'll do some crazy shit next week. Me neither. And so I can't wait to talk about it all with you. But before then, send us your theories and stuff, and um, we'll have a fun time as we always do. As we always do. So, um, before we end, of course, you can always check us out. As we've said a couple times now, This American Horror Story podcast <laughs> on Facebook. Email us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. And check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Chris, where can people find uh, more of your thoughts these days? I am on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted, Chris with a K, K-R-I-S-H-U-S-T-E-D. I am also, if you want to see me on Snapchat, as Ooh. Tyler does, oh. Oh apparently God. people do this now. You can see, like, I, I, I probably won't send you individual Snapchats, but you can, like, see my timeline Snapchats or whatever they're called. <laughs> what are they called? My Stories Snapchats. Life Stories, yeah. yeah. I believe it's uh, the, the, like, the, the Chris Husted. T H E K R I S H U S C E D, and you'll and see. And they are entertaining. Of, they he, are. Chris is a Chris is an excellent Snapchatter, so I oh. encourage you all to go load him up because he Thanks, has sent though. me some weird and disgusting Snapchats that I've <laughs> enjoyed thoroughly I, and have made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it's a lot of poopy and naked ones. So anyway, and in combination, pooping and naked, pooping um, naked and drunky. Anyway, Tyler, mm-hmm. where are you at, dude? Uh, you can find my words at tjmouse11.com at Twitter, and you can find my photos at tjmouse11 on uh, Instagram. I, too, have a Snapchat. I don't remember what it is, so I'll have to share that with you guys later. <laughs> I think it's tjmouse11, uh, isn't it? it? It probably is. So you guys can just all send me pictures of your junk, and that'll be <laughs> uh, lovely. <laughs> so... To wrap it up, thank you for joining us. We love this show. We're excited to talk about it with you next week. Uh, This is American Horror Story uh, Showstoppers, and this was a showstopper for us. Um, (laughs) Next week is the finale. We'll talk to you then. Until then, uh, happy hauntings, everybody. Mississippi putting it down. I'm the hottest round. I told y'all, y'all can't stop me now. Listen to me now. I'm lasting 20 rounds. And if you want me, Get me now, is you with me now? Yes. The biggie, biggie bounce. Yes. I know you dig the way I s- s- switch my style. Holla. Holla. People sing around.